Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Around Sports Podcast. It's Wednesday, October 24th, 2018. Your host Frank Aron here as always. And uh, just just off of week seven in the NFL, a lot of good games. Uh, I finally got back on track with a pretty good week. And everything's kind of starting to feel like normal again here. Uh, Rob's back in Vegas. I'm alone by myself back here in Minnesota. Good weeks of betting. Rob's pick of the week doesn't quite come through, but comes close. We're uh, falling back our own groove, so let's uh, head back to Vegas and check in with Rob. How you doing out there, Crabber? Yeah, not too bad. I'm, uh, yeah, just got back here Monday night late and got out here, moved some money around, getting everything in shape here for uh, football this weekend on the betting card, a little MLB, World Series. I guess I got CFL, NHL, NBA, so yeah, it's a pretty full slate, <laughs> to say the least, uh, from the betting card, obviously college football as well, and yeah, getting some uh, some college basketball to be fired up here. Got to be pretty soon here, I would assume, so. Uh yeah, pretty busy, and then also busy with some uh, some other endeavors, uh, my other business as well. So yeah, it's uh, been a pretty crazy week here, and then got a golf tournament coming up to practice round tomorrow, and then the tournament Friday Saturday. So pretty busy, and then Halloween uh, parties this weekend and stuff too. So it uh, full slate. Yeah, can't argue with any of that. That sounds pretty good. You're uh, going to the Knights game too, aren't you? you oh, yeah. Hockey in there in Vegas. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's going to be coming up in here in a few hours. So I gotta. Hopefully we don't uh, elaborate too much on our plays and uh, get out here in a reasonable amount of time so I can uh, make that night's game tonight. I got about an hour diatribe here on Colts Raiders, so you might want to. Uh... <laughs> All right, well, yeah, I mean, I got uh, quite a bit on that San Francisco-Arizona game, that barn burner, so I guess we'll be uh, we'll be talking it up. Yeah, you'll have to get there for the last period or so at least. But yeah. Anyway, let's uh, jump right into it and do a Week 7 Weekend Recap. The Weekend Recap. All right, so overall, how was Week 7 for you? Um, Yeah, another slightly profitable uh, Week 7 for me. Another weekend recap, slightly profitable, but definitely on the luckier side again. I know I said the last week, so um, yeah, I know I got those two totals, Cincinnati under, New Orleans under, both extremely lucky to cash those. I mean, the New Orleans one, I, I like a decent amount. I mean, there's three points scored, I think, through three minutes left in the second half, there was three points, and then they kind of just, uh, you know, the, and they kind of let the let the field on fire and just started uh, putting points up on the defenses between New Orleans and Baltimore there. And then, uh, but yeah, B1 won that one by uh, the extra point there was missed by Justin Tucker at Baltimore. So it was pretty lucky. Obviously, otherwise it would have pushed into overtime and then gotten over. So and that one's lucky. And then the even the luckier one, obviously, at Cincinnati, Kansas City under. That one just had no business of cashing. I don't think there was there any points scored there in the fourth quarter. I, I don't if if so, maybe a field goal. But uh, yeah, that one stayed under. In pretty lucky fashion. I mean, on the other token of the coin, too, I know you were on it as well, that Buffalo Indy, Indy over. Uh, that one, I think, definitely should have gotten there. And another one where they missed an extra point there to not uh, – we would at least gotten a push. We'd, there's two two extra points missing the game and should have gotten over, in my opinion, than my other two plays. Jacksonville, pretty much a wrong side loser or never had any chance. 
or sorry, right side loser, I should say. Never had any chance, and I uh, was just dead the whole game. And then Cleveland, I feel like, uh, was a pretty good play. And I know we were joking about it, how many penalties they had. The fact that they were even in that game, I think, was just pretty preposterous. Uh, I don't know how Credit many. To James Winston. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's uh, kind of betting against him, especially laying points there. Kind of was part of the handicap, and that kind of came true. So even with all those penalties, I don't even know the total penalties and penalty yards for Cleveland, but it was uh, pretty crazy on the stat sheet. Yeah, uh, I, my weekend was pretty good overall. Uh, before I get into it, just a quick little uh, rant here is I can't stand when people complain about how unlucky something was. Like like you were saying with that uh, under in the Ravens-Saints game. I know I listened to a couple different things where people were complaining about how they had the over in that game. And they're like, you know, Justin Tucker misses an extra point to push that game over. Like, what are the odds of that? I'm the unluckiest person ever. And it's like, okay, yeah, one token of the coin, once it gets to that point, that's accurate. But that whole game essentially outside of like, two, three, four-minute spurts was just a dead nuts under game. And even, even what are the odds that the Ravens drive down the field like that, you know, in no time, on a Joe Flacco-esque drive at the end there? And if well, I wonder what the end game was when it was 3 nothing with three minutes left in the first half, like you're saying. Like, the end game there's got to be, like, you know, 30-something. So the fact that you even had a chance to get there with the over is lucky. And the fact that it didn't get there, yeah, at that point is unlucky. But I don't – I hate – how people are doing that with a lot of different games. It's like, what do you mean? Just turn the TV on uh, two seconds before the game ends over and then sit there and bitch, you know, complain about not getting it. Yeah. For like, for almost, almost any side or any total, the majority of the time you could take a snapshot at one point in the game and say, Oh yeah, look at, I was favored to win that. How unlucky did I get by not cashing? But anyway, I just wanted to make that point here. Cause I heard that a lot, especially in that game. Um, but overall my weekend was pretty good. I went four and two. Uh, the two I lost were both totals, both by a point that both could have easily got over. Uh, like you said, the one Indy where they missed two extra points and then stalled with, I don't know how much time left, like seven, eight minutes. And then the Tampa-Cleveland game, who uh, the Bucks were pretty much driving on the Browns at will, and, and Winston just kept turning it over. And, and then conversely, the Browns, I don't know what they were doing the first half, but they had that safety and that was it. And then they finally started being a little bit aggressive, and then they were basically scoring at will, so... The fact that that game stayed under was, uh, especially in overtime, was kind of a little bit of a gut punch there. But even with that said, um, I had three one and a half unit plays that all got there, and then another one. So four and two with the bigger plays getting there, I'll definitely take that. Uh, it could have been a huge week, but still pretty good. So I'm definitely happy with that. And then my pick of the week got there, <laughs> and yours was on that the Cleveland Tampa over, which got, uh, nipped by half a point. Short. Yeah. That's just frustrating. And pretty ridiculous when you can be as, you know, obviously as uh, capable of a handicapper as you are and overall having an okay season and your picks of the week. I don't know if there's a curse going on or what, but it's uh, almost comical at this point. So we'll see what you can figure out this week. Yeah, and that total closed, I don't know, I don't think you mentioned it, but that total closed upward to 52 and a half, 53, somewhere in there. So, I mean, getting line value, that's all you can really, uh, really do and control as a handicapper, everything else. Just uh, you got to wait and can't let the, the long, short-term variability yeah. affect you. If you get two and a half, three points of line value in the NFL every week, uh, you could definitely be moving into bigger houses, that's for sure. So, all right, well, let's, uh, I know, if, speaking of that game, I think that was the only one where the number did come into play, but uh, you want to quickly break that down? Yeah, let's get into it here. Getting the best of the number. Yeah, as you mentioned here, that one game, uh, Cleveland-Tampa Bay was the only one, and Tampa Bay there, at least when we did the numbers last week, Tampa Bay opened two and a half minus 120 at the Westgate. Uh, so yeah, either two and a half, three, and then uh, close Tampa Bay three and a half, four point favorites. That did get as high as 
looking a little bit higher than that, I think five in some shops, but I myself was at four and a half, Cleveland plus four and a half, but that one landed uh, 26, 23, like we already mentioned, right on three. So another one, you know, perfect example there. You could have bet it real early. It's a little bit harder to find. I would have thought uh, getting that two and a half, but uh, you would have had to pay some extra juice, but you know, you for sure could have got uh, Tampa at three early and you could have for sure got Cleveland at post if you would have bet it right, the, right before kickoff. So about three and a half, so. Uh, yeah, again, just that key number three is uh, important, and uh, a lot of things had to happen for it to land like that, but uh, that's what it did, and there's other games that very easily could have landed on the number but didn't, so it kind of go, goes both ways. So, um, But yeah, that was one game. Yeah, I mean, if anybody knows anything about that, it's definitely you. So. <laughs> Kaboom! Oh, just kidding. Uh, anyway, all right, well, that, uh, that'll do it for the best of the number. Let's uh, jump right into it, huh? Let's go. I'm ready. All right. Well, if anything doesn't keep some enthusiasm going, it's a little Thursday night Miami-Houston battle. Looks like Houston's laying seven with extra juice, seven and a half at home with a total of 44 and a half. Oh, yeah, boy. We get back to those Thursday games, the barn burners. But, uh, yeah, like I do every week here, I'll give my power rating number. It's just strictly uh, based off my uh, my power ratings of each team in the home field. Then I'll give the Westgate Superbook out here in Las Vegas. That's what we'll use. It's a pretty sh- a sharper book and pretty good indicator. They have the of their opener and also the look at line, which is the line we uh, get from the week before. So we just get one game played to see how much of an adjustment is made after one week of play. And also get the total opener just for a, you know an indicator as well. So this one here, uh, Miami-Houston. I got Houston minus 7 as my power rating. Westgate here in Vegas opened Houston minus 7.5. Look at line, uh, there was none. And the total here opened 45 at uh, the Westgate. So a little bit downward movement on that total. Um yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with it. I think I, don't, I really don't like either of these two teams. Uh, basically, I know I kind of mentioned it last week, but it seems like all these teams just kind of want to fade. And I don't know if I could think of a more prime example example here. Uh, I really wanted to fade Houston, but it's just so hard to back Miami with Osweiler. If, if they had Tannehill here, I, I know some people have been saying. I think I should briefly mention this about how Tannehill and Osweiler—it's about a horse apiece coin flip. You know, they wouldn't really do much of an adjustment. Uh, I just couldn't disagree more. I don't think uh, there should be a, a huge adjustment, like a touchdown adjustment by any stretch, like an Aaron Rodgers type adjustment. But there definitely need to be two, three, four points uh, a minimum for me, a minimum two points uh, upward to four. So, um, yeah, if, if uh, this is Tannehill spot, but obviously we don't need to talk about that because it's not going to be the case. But I just feel like too, it's Osweiler. I said it last week, kind of uh, against Detroit, that he's gonna he's due for a little bit of regression, and after that first big game, then he came back, uh, taking over for Tannehill and. He didn't look as bad as I would have expected, so I was a little bit wrong on that. But he, you know, the Detroit still definitely won the game and had control at the whole time. So I think that kind of says, you know, says what about that handicap there in that Detroit game last week. But I feel like this is another spot though. And I, you, okay, you could say he's on the, at home there in Miami. Now he's on the road. Uh, it's a whole different, whole different scenario here. Short week on the road uh, against a supposedly pretty high-powered Houston defense, or at least it should be. Um, so yeah, I just, I just. Can't really bet this side either way. I mean, I don't want to lay points with Houston at all. And, uh, yeah, Miami, I just can't do it with Brock. And even though you're getting this many points with the hook, it's just uh, I, I really can't bet it. Yeah, I I kind of agree. But I I I thought that Osweiler actually surprised me. I thought he played pretty well last week. I, I thought it was a little bit phonier the, uh, the week before against the Bears. But last week, my pick of the week was pretty much against the Dolphins, more so than on the Lions. I just thought the Lions were you know, an average capable team, and I was really just betting against the, the Dolphins. But I thought the Lions really won that game uh, more, so I thought they played pretty good. And uh, I, the Dolphins actually kind of surprised me with, they, they fought back a little bit. And 
even though they were pretty much being handled the whole game, they did make it a little bit competitive there. Um, so I, I was actually kind of surprised by Osweiler. I thought um, he was a little bit overrated for his performance against the Bears a couple weeks ago, and I thought he was a little bit better than I expected last week. So I do agree with you that I don't think it's a total wash with Tannehill. I think there is a little bit more of a, a risk or a hazard of you know him kind of turning into a pumpkin or his pick six wool is coming back. So that is a little scary. But I think in this price range, um, I just I don't, don't know how Houston's capable of being seven and a half point favorites against pretty much anybody at this point. I mean, I don't think there's I don't think you come up with a phony or four game win streak. Uh, just nothing particularly impressive. They that Colts don't get me started on that. That was my pick of the week a few weeks ago that or four weeks ago I guess now that was just a absurd game and they weren't impressive by any means. And they won that Cowboys game in the you know, back and forth kind of gross low scoring game on what was Sunday night or Monday night, whatever that was. Then the Bills they could have very easily lost outright and got lucky with a pick six courtesy of your boy Peterman. And then last week, the Jacksonville was probably their first legitimate win. But who knows how impressive that Jacksonville win is right now. I think that speaks more uh, volumes to the Jacksonville side as opposed to the Houston side. Yeah, exactly. And and even with that being said, they only put up 20 points, 20 points, 19 points. And then that Colts game was just weird where they put up 37. But they haven't scored more than 20 points three weeks in a row. And now they're giving up seven, seven and a half. Like, I don't know. I, I don't love Miami. I don't love betting the road team on a Thursday night. but I mean, this to me seems like it should be like a four, four and a half. So I think you're getting quite a bit of value here in Miami. Uh, they're that Albert Wilson, the speedy wide receiver, is out for the year, so that's you know somewhat of a hit. But it's not not, not like he's going to change you know the line or the game by, by himself. So I actually like Miami a decent amount here in a bounce back spot. I just think this is too many points for uh, for Houston to be laying to pretty much anybody. So you uh, drinking a little bit of that uh, that potion or what? <laughs> Which potion's that? The Osweiler? <laughs> oh, I might. Uh, I don't know if I'm chugging it yet, but I'm reluctantly sipping on it and just kind of hoping that. And then, did you hear the reports about Watson? He's he's ri- riding a bus around because his lungs are like punctured. Yeah, he. Uh, they don't want the pressure or whatever from flying. Yeah, and okay, so one bad hit, and he was pretty much clean last week against Jacksonville. But one bad hit, and then you're sitting there laying seven and a half with your boy Brandon Whedon. Like, <laughs> I don't think there could be potentially much worse bets out there than that so i i don't know i, I like miami quite a bit and uh i think i'll be, be releasing them at some point this week uh we got another london game speaking of that jacksonville squad sir blake bortles heads back to london uh looks like philadelphia is a three-point favorite here in london with a total of 42 and a half yeah sir block a um yeah my power in here philadelphia three and a half westgate open philly two and a half look at line here was a pick and the total uh 42 is the opener at the Westgate, and uh, I don't know if I want to say I'm necessarily shocked by this line, um, but I was a little surprised. I mean, I think, uh, like we mentioned in the last game, I think there's a huge adjustment you need to make in your power range for Jacksonville. I mean, uh, that was a, a basically an all-in spot. Uh, they needed to show up a divisional game. That's why I bet it. I released it as a play. Jacksonville there at home last week, and they just didn't show up at all, and there's a lot of the locker room tension there. Obviously, Bortles doesn't look like he's ever played football before uh, when watching, and he got benched there for, what's uh, what's his name, Cody, whatever is, uh Kessler, Mr. Kessler. Oh, yeah, Mr. Kessler, that's right. And uh, But anyways, I mean, uh, it looks like Bortles will get the start here. I know there's talk that he may not, but uh, from what I can see, it looks like he is going to get the start again. But 
at, at some point it's going to be tough when your whole team basically doesn't like the quarterback. I mean, you can't, I don't care how much talent you have or anything else. It's just not, not a good deal. Um, Especially I heard this somewhere with like before at least he's on a rookie contract. Now he got paid a good amount and you got all these guys on defense making, you know, hardly anything. And they're sitting there like this guy's making 15 times what I am. It's kind of hard to swallow that when he's as brutal as he is. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I don't know here. It's like you said, sitting at three, uh, with a little bit of juice, maybe at some shops, but yeah, I saw this right. Actually, after I landed, actually, I did my work and stuff on the plane on Monday night. And as soon as I landed, I saw two and a half at uh, MGM here in Vegas. So I popped on that immediately, um, on Philadelphia. I felt like there's no way this line was going to go down. I, I even now, I think they're still probably going to go be going up. I don't really see this line closing. I, I think may close at three with some juice on Philly, but I feel like three and a half are going to be popping. And, uh, so I mean, I, I want I don't think at all it hurts to, to lock in at uh, Philadelphia at a flat three, if, unless you don't pay extra juice, but even uh, even reduced juice or, uh, you know, flat three, 110, I feel like it's a pretty good bet here. I just feel like Philadelphia, yeah, they blew that lead against uh, Carolina, but, you know, don't look let the score to, to be deceiving at all to you. It's uh, I mean, Philadelphia dominated that game from pretty much uh, first quarter all the way to the, what, mid-third quarter somewhere in there, and then Carolina kind of just came back, basically the exact same script that was against Washington the week before for Carolina. So I feel like, uh, I don't know if that's more of a detriment on you know the Philadelphia team, but I think it's more so that Carolina just uh, maybe, maybe a little bit undervalued in the marketplace. We'll get to that, but. Yeah, they didn't score till they didn't score till the fourth quarter. Oh, fourth seventeen quarter, okay. rip going into the fourth. Okay, I was being conservative, but anyway, yeah. Um, so like I said, I feel like there's, I mean, it's kind of tough because like I, you know, to look at the look headline and generally I'd say like, there's an overreaction. You do an over adjustment of three points here, pick them down to three. So I'm gonna, you know, I want to catch myself before I just, you know, don't want to just dismiss that fact. So I get it, but like I said, I feel like this is a certain certain circumstance in Jacksonville where the locker room's kind of going crazy. There's a lot of uh, you know circumstances here that. Uh, it should be accounted for and should be adjusted, and I feel like it's not really adjusted for enough. And I feel like Philly's kind of getting it, getting it together. The one thing, obviously, is the, the the London trip. That's the one thing that's a little worrisome for me for this uh, this game here is the travel. But um, and like I said, I really like the Philly side here uh, at three or better. So that's where I'm at. I got some money on it. Uh, I don't know if I'll release a play just because it is uh, getting a little juicy now at this point and a big adjustment. But yeah, it looks like we did just see a little bit of movement here at uh, Bookmaker, a little bit of steam coming out of Philadelphia as we speak. Yeah, I. I tend to agree. I don't know if I feel quite as strongly as you, but uh, I know Jacksonville last week, you were making the case for him, and I think it was a pretty solid case. I know a lot of people that I uh, respect were on Jacksonville last week, and I was like, well, you know, I wish you the best of luck, but I, I can't follow you on board there because I had him the week before against the Cowboys, and it was a pretty good spot, and they just didn't show at all. And then last week in a home run spot, if they have any pulse, they should have shown there, and they didn't at all, obviously. So, well, yeah, not not, really, not only not even covering or but they weren't even in the game. It was just pretty no. much dead from the start. Yeah, exactly. Just just no pulse whatsoever, and uh, wouldn't be surprised. You know, it's just one of those things where it's the NFL, so anything can happen. They have enough talent where they can bounce back, but it's just at this point, uh, it's just really hard to try to you know handicap when that bounce back is going to come, if ever. So if it's a team you really, um, you know, you really like and respect going up against them, I'd have no problem betting against them. And with Philly, I'm kind of there with them. Like, I definitely think they have the better football ahead, but I'm also a little weary that maybe they're just having a, a weird post-Super Bowl slump type year, and uh, they never totally get it figured out. And then when you throw in the fact that it's in London, like you said, there's just a couple red flags that I definitely would, lean towards the Philly side with you, but uh, I don't feel 
super confident in it or not quite on your level, but uh, definitely, you know, I'll be rooting for you and, and for that side. Next game is uh, start of the afternoon games here. Looks like we got seven early games again, which is kind of nice. Got seven early games and then three later games. Uh, I, I keep forgetting to do this uh, pretty much week in and week out, and you, you usually remind me, but I'll read off the bye teams here real quick just so people aren't sitting there waiting for one of those teams to be uh, in a matchup here. But the bye teams, we got Falcons, Cowboys, Titans, and Chargers. So not particularly sexy teams other than maybe the Chargers that are going to be missing this week. But I just want to read those off here before we get to the Chargers games. and Titans played each other last week, obviously, in London there, and then they both gone by. Yep getting their week off after that London trip, which was a pretty pretty entertaining game in its own right, especially late there. But, okay, the first early game is the rematch of the week one tie between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. This time, Cleveland heads to Pittsburgh. So we've got a total of, I don't know, I'm seeing anywhere from 7.5 to 9 with juice on the dog. I don't know what number you got with a total of 50.5. I was going to say a total. Yeah, I said a total of 7 and 8.5, and but yeah. Oh, sorry. I see anywhere from that, I guess, on yeah. the side. No, just kidding. But, um, yeah, uh, Cleveland-Pittsburgh here. My power rating in Pittsburgh, 9.5, actually. Westgate open Pittsburgh, 7.5. Look at line here, Pittsburgh, 7.5. And, and the total here open, 51. Um, yeah, I don't really have much of an opinion on this game. I would have uh, you know, looked to the, the Cleveland side of anything, but my numbers tell me to basically not go that way. But a little bit of money coming on Cleveland here. I mean, it's kind of tough to tell, too, because there's a lot of just dead numbers. But a lot of times you see the books here with the teaser protection lines at 7.5, 8. They just go right up to 9. But uh, it's kind of weird you're not seeing that because it seems like Pittsburgh's going to be the absolute prime teaser here to tease this down into that, you know, 1.5 point uh, range uh, under, under a touchdown, under a field goal. So I'm kind of surprised. Uh, cause like I said, they're the perfect caliber type of team, especially to take Cleveland with the, the coaching matchups and everything like that with uh, close games. They can't win. So, um, uh, so I mean, I don't know, kind of looks maybe, maybe not square, but kind of seems pretty obvious to me, but, uh, I think if anything, you got to take Pittsburgh in a teaser here, but otherwise, uh, uh, to Cleveland or pass with the points, but I just don't really, I don't know. I think Cleveland with all these overtimes and everything, they're just going to get gas and get blown out here at some point. Cause it hasn't happened in the, in a while. I mean, they did, I guess against the chargers they did, but, uh, kind of saw that one coming a little bit, but, um, I feel like it's, uh, they might have another blowout type of game here potentially, but, uh, like I said, Pittsburgh here on a teaser would be the way I'd look. Yeah, I'd say in general, this line just seems inflated, and I'd love to jump on Cleveland. Um, but that being said, there's two reasons why I won't. And the first is, um, even though Cleveland cashed for me last week, uh, and it could have very easily won the game if they would have uh, made a couple plays down the stretch there, um, it, just, it just, Winston tried to hand him that game multiple times, and they still just couldn't get anything going offensively for most of the game. And their defense was fortunate to get a couple of fluky turnovers and the, had the Bucks just not capitalized as much as they should have. So even though they ended up covering last week, it's one of those where you kind of sheepishly take the money and run. Uh, it wasn't really a team where I feel all that enthusiastic about jumping on this week. Even though you're getting more points, I think the caliber of opponent is significantly higher this week. So, uh, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if they kind of stuck in it played a better game than they did last week, but it also wouldn't surprise me if Pittsburgh blew them out, uh, especially at home. Pittsburgh is usually a pretty good team. And that's the second reason why I'm staying away from this game is because I've bet on or against Pittsburgh three straight weeks and been wrong three straight weeks. Uh, you know, not their bye week 
last week, but three weeks before that, I was on Cincy, I was on the Falcons, and then lost, and then the week before that, I was on the Steelers at home, and what I thought was a pretty good spot against the Ravens on Sunday night. Uh, they were never really in that game, so uh, with the Steelers team, I just really haven't been able to get a good get a good pulse for them, and uh, usually they've been a pretty good home team, but they really haven't shown that too much this year, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how they uh, how they come out of their bye this week, and I think it's no Le'Veon Bell again this week, right? Um, yeah, it looks like it, yeah. Uh, no no Le'Veon Bell, correct. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see kind of once he comes back in the fold, how that ends up, uh, you know, if that other, the other, how the other people on the team react, how the other players and coaches, if they get him in right away or if they're kind of cautious with him or, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that, but I guess that won't be an issue for this week. So that'll be something to factor in uh, going forward. Next game, we have another rematch. Uh, Denver heading to Kansas City. Looks like Kansas City is a 10-point home favorite with a total of 53.5 or so. Yeah, my power rating, Kansas City 9.5 here. Westgate open, Kansas City 9. Look at line, Kansas City 9.5. And, and the total here open, 55.5. Um, kind of kind of, kind of funny here. You have the look at line 9.5 and, and then it reopened at 9. So they a half-point downgrade. Um, I guess it just, you know, they both... I think it was actually the exact same score, wasn't it, for the Denver game and the Kansas City game from last week? Uh, forty-five um, to ten. Yeah, forty-five to ten for both those games. So yeah, pretty uh, pretty funny there. But um, I guess they're telling you they're slightly adjusting Denver more so upwards than Kansas City, I guess. But anyway, can't look into that much. But obviously, the markets uh, bet Kansas City right out the gate at net ten now across the board, pretty much. Uh, um, I don't know. It's it's tough here because I. Value and just typical handicapping would tell you, okay, take Denver here in the point. I just don't know if I'm going to get there, though. I just don't know if I can do it. Um, I don't know how much higher I'd have to get before I'd have to pull the trigger, but I just don't really feel good about it. I mean, even last week, I felt like Cincinnati was a spot there, but my buy point was plus seven and never got there, never really even sniffed getting close to there. Um, so I just stayed away and was disciplined, but then obviously they got blown out, got blow, blew out there. So uh, with Kansas City, Cincy last week on that primetime game. So, um, I feel like it has makings of a similar type of game here in this this one here. Um, kind of got, to me, a similar quarterbacks. Uh, I think since he's got, obviously, it's a better chance. They got uh, higher power offense and a few other things, better defense maybe. But I just feel like uh, Kansas City's a team I really don't want to flirt with right now. I'm not going to be laying the points for sure, but I just feel like this is a, another one that might be a blowout. And, and if not, I don't, know if I, I don't really know if I want to get involved in it. Yeah, I pretty much echo that sentiment. Uh just I, I there's no way I'm gonna lay ten. I just don't really do that in the NFL unless it's a really good spot or I think one of the teams really bet against. And I don't I don't really like Denver, but they're definitely capable of potentially sticking with them here if if the game breaks right for them. And you look at Kansas City at home. Uh, they beat San Francisco by eleven. They beat Jacksonville by sixteen, and they blew out the Bengals last week by thirty-five. So they're capable of. Of blowing a team out, and then conversely, you got the Broncos that uh, on the road they lost to the Ravens by 13, and it wasn't even that close. They lost to the Jets by what 28, and then uh, they lost to the Card. They won't beat the Cardinals last week, but you know you kind of got to throw that out almost because the Cardinals can just be uh, horrendous at times. So uh, for me, this is the type of game where you make a case for the dog, and if you can't pull the trigger, then you just pass or bet the total one total it's just hard with the Chiefs games too because it's you know they're usually inflated but they're also a team that puts up points in bunches so even though there's no value on the over ever 
it's pretty difficult, I think, to come in on the under, too. So I pretty much make a case for the dog and the under, and I don't think I'm going to get there on either of those. So pretty much just pass this game and move on to the next one. Next game, we have the Jets heading to Chicago. Looks like Chicago is a seven-point home favorite, a total of 45. Yeah, my power rate here, Chicago 6.5. Westgate open, Chicago 6. Look at line, Chicago minus 5. And the total, 46.5. Um, I'm kind of surprised by this line movement myself. I thought uh, I thought 6 would be kind of the maybe 6.5 get there, but I'm surprised it got all the way to 7. I'm even seeing 7 with some juice now. Um, uh I don't know. I don't. I don't really understand it. I guess I don't know what. I mean, obviously that Chicago team got bet last week. Uh, I know. I know part of it had to do with that injury, new or uh, part of the Gronk not making the trip and not playing in that game. I know that was part of it, a little bit of an adjustment. But coming off a of three like that, still, you know, there's still gonna be some money that moves that. It's not all just injury based off of a tight end, even though he's one of the best tight end in the league. It's that's a, a huge adjustment. Uh, so obviously, and there's money coming in, some, some sharp money on Chicago, which I didn't really agree with, and uh, another. I didn't mention in the recap, there's about three plays I missed last week that I was waiting for and basically said if it moves the other way, I'm going to take the other side. And You know, it's Washington, New England, and uh, I had one more there, and I think it was Detroit. I ended up betting those myself, uh, most of them, but I didn't actually release them as a play, so I kind of kicked myself there. But, uh, yeah, I think that last week that line movement was a little uh, mystifying to me there with that uh, down taking so much money there in Chicago, and it seems like, uh, again, this week it's kind of following that a little bit, although the moves are coming a little bit earlier in the week, but um, I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of this Jets team at all, but I've bet against them a few weeks, uh, several weeks back. But I just uh, the Chicago team, I think, is getting a little bit too much credit. I know you mentioned about how Trubisky. I mean, yeah, the, the legs and everything that he, he made some plays with his legs, but I mean the throws. He just missed open receivers and had some pretty pitiful throws. I mean, I guess one of his best throws is probably what the end, end of the game there with time expiring. Hail Mary. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't know. I just feel like this is way too many points. Um, I shouldn't say way too many, but I think it's too many points. And uh, I don't know if it'll get to seven and a half, but I mean it'll be a big play for me at seven and a half, and even at seven it'll probably be a play for me on uh, the on the Jets here and on the road. Yeah, I, well the only thing that's really stopping me from going heavy on the Jets is just the fact that they're so banged up. Like they were really injured coming into the Vikes game last week, and then I know they had a couple more guys go guys go down. So that's a little scary. Uh, and I'm not a huge Darnold fan. I think he's can be okay. I don't think he's horrendous, but I, I definitely don't think he's enough to, you know, keep up if they're in a shootout or anything. Um, I, I, and I also like you look back at the last time the Jets were on the road, they were pretty much non-competitive against Jacksonville, which didn't look too bad at the time. But now when you look back on it, you kind of wonder, like, huh, was Jacksonville playing better then, or was the, you know the, were the Jets just that bad when they were on the road? Uh, the same thing with losing to Cleveland. They lost to Cleveland there by four, and you're like, oh, you know, that's not bad. Cleveland's got a lot of talent. But then since then, Cleveland's been awful for the most part. So uh, you almost got to – and then, uh, then blowing out the Lions in week one, that kind of looks weird now too, the fact that the Lions have been playing fairly well the last few weeks. So if you look back at the, the Jets' schedule and their season thus far, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's kind of hard to, to piece it together. But I, I, I think you – even with that said, you kind of know what you're going to get from them. They're probably a you know slightly below average team that isn't going to score a ton of points, isn't going to play halfway respectable defense. Uh, but on the flip side, I I definitely agree. I think Chicago has been overvalued here for a while, and uh, I think they're they got some talent. Obviously, I think they have a pretty good defense, but not a big fan of Trubisky. Uh, he did make quite a few plays with his legs against the Pats last week, but if he doesn't get that going, I think he's a well below average quarterback or, you know, not somebody that I 
don't I don't mind betting against him whatsoever. So uh, up in this point spread range, I just don't think Chicago is that good a team to be laying this against a non-bottom feeder. And I definitely don't think the Jets are a total bottom feeder. So uh, I will absolutely be on the Jets here at seven. And yeah, hopefully that'd be even better. I'll pop it again if it if it keeps going higher. Uh, next game we have is Washington at the Giants. Looks like uh, some picks out there, but Washington's mostly a one-point favorite on the road here, the total of 42. Yeah, my power rating here, Washington one and a half. Westgate open, Washington one. Look at line here, the Giants minus one. Total here, open 42. Yeah, everything lines right up for me. I mean, I think if anything, you got to look at the Giants side, take a shot. But, I mean, just so hard to do with, with Eli. I mean, boy, that was a... Uh, I didn't see all that Monday night game. I went back and watched majority of it, and uh, it—I don't know. It, it, Eli had to rush in order to, you know, how many points they got there at the end, and and to get up to twenty against one of the worst, if not the worst, defense in the league. And it's just that they're banged up within an Atlanta team. So I mean, if you can't do it against them, if you can't put up more points than that against an Atlanta team, and like I said, you're frantically getting points there at the end and the defense is kind of on the ropes. I mean, I don't know if I put a whole lot of stock into that either. I mean, that's not going to be playing out a normal game because they're going to have to be ultra aggressive like that and everything as well. So, I mean, it's pretty, pretty pathetic in my opinion. I mean, it's just kind of hard to back someone like that when they can't put a points against a bad defense like that. But even Washington, they seem like a talk about Jekyll and Hyde type of team. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get with them. I mean, and especially going on the road now too. Um, I don't know. I, I, just, I feel like this is just the pretty much, perfect stay away game altogether. I just don't know what you're going to get from either of these two teams. And I just don't really have an opinion either way for the most part. That total sitting at 42 and a half, 42. Kind of surprised by that. The total for the Washington game last week against Dallas would closed at 40, 40 and a half. So I'm surprised to me why I don't, it doesn't make any sense why this total is higher than that, uh, that game last week. So if anything, I'd look under uh, here a little bit. Cause I, I feel like uh, if anything, it's going to be a low score game. Uh, again, it's going to be kind of just, uh, you know, grind it out type of game and either both these coaches and uh, the teams that kind of just if they do get a lead they kind of just sit on it and, and run the clock so I feel like uh, there's really, I really don't see a blowout or this thing sailing way over the total by any stretch unless there's just a bunch of uh, defensive turnovers or sorry defensive uh, or special teams touchdowns or something along those lines yeah see anything I think the opposite I think the Giants are much more of an over team than the than Dallas um, I think it maybe gets a little bit overstated because they have so many sexy fantasy guys but like if I know mean, it's not the best way ever to do it, but if you look at the uh, you know the Giants totals the last five weeks, they're all up near fifty, uh, except for last week where it was kind of you know whatever. That's definitely an indictment on their offense. They'd be able to put up twenty, and even that was kind of fraudulent against the Falcons. But I think generally the Giants' offense isn't super explosive, but they really haven't caught their stride yet, and they've still been in games where they're you know, total putting up around 50 or higher pretty much every game. So I think Washington's an under team. Um, but I think they're also kind of just, yeah, like you said, a Jekyll and Hyde team where I just don't really think you know what you're going to get from week to week with them. And uh, there's, even though I cashed with them last week against Dallas, they were trying everything they possibly could to give that game away and just getting ultra conservative and running out of bounds for some reason late there when they were trying to run off the clock. And uh, so... Now, the only way I'd look would be Washington, but I I feel like I almost kind of like I did with Cleveland. I just kind of took the money and, and ran there and didn't really feel great about it and definitely not enthusiastic about coming back with them, especially on the road uh, when they've had to have they've had a pretty pronounced home road split here. 
Um, so I just I don't trust the Giants low enough at all to to bet on them either. So I think it's pretty much a stay away. Uh, but if anything, I think I would look over the total here because I think Washington is a little bit more of a kind of match you team where if they get down a little bit, I think Alex Smith, not that he's ever going to totally open it up and sling it around, but I think they'll get a little bit more aggressive. And uh, I think the Giants, I think they, they want to be more of a high-scoring you know, offensive team with, with Shermer at coach. And they, I think Eli is just so bad he's holding them back. So I, I don't think I'd really bet it because I don't have enough confidence here. And it is a division game, which usually tends to skew a little bit lower. Uh, but if you force me to pick, I think I would take the over in here. But um, likely won't be involved. Uh, next game is Seattle heading to Detroit. Looks like Detroit's a three-point home favor, the total of 49.5. Yeah, my power in here, Detroit minus four. Westgate opened Detroit two and a half. Look headline, Detroit two and a half. And the total here opened 49.5. And, and another one, I'm uh, yeah, definitely, obviously, banged into place a little bit. But that two and a half opener is a little surprising to me. I mean, that's telling you right there that Detroit's a better, uh, worse team than Seattle. I just don't agree with that. I would maybe, I mean, even even a few weeks ago when Detroit looked pretty bad, and I didn't really agree with that either. So, I mean, I don't really know. I feel like this has got to be three minimum. And I like I said, according to my numbers as well, I feel like it's even be closer to inch and uh, three and a half. Uh, so, yeah, I like Detroit here. I'm uh, going to be on Detroit minus three. I feel like they're the right side. Yeah, Seattle's come off a bye. I'm aware of that. Uh, but Detroit, after getting some momentum there, after going to Miami, uh, they played a pretty solid game. Like I said, uh, Osweiler played better than I expected, and they still won that game pretty handedly. And uh, covered uh, with the win. So, I mean, I feel like coming home now they got, I don't use momentum a whole lot uh, in my handicap, but I feel like they do get a little bit of momentum coming home. Uh, kind of a, a game here. They can play another good quarterback and a team that's not uh, as highly touted as they used to be, but still kind of, you know, might still linger in their thoughts and their heads of, you know, a team that we need to, it's a big, a big game. We need to go and win and it's a big statement game in a sense. So I feel like this is a game that they're going to step up for. I'm and a lot of it, I'm a little bit lower on the Seattle team as well. I feel like they were maybe a little bit undervalued at the start of the season or after a few games, but I think now they kind of got back up to where they're a little bit higher, uh, you know, persona or whatever. So people backing them a little bit and get a little bit more respect in the marketplace. So I, I feel like they're, if anything, they're a little bit overvalued. And I feel like Detroit's if anything a little bit undervalued. So uh, likewise, I feel like you're getting a little bit of line value on Detroit at three. So yeah, three or better. I feel like it's a, it's a buy on Detroit here at home. Yeah, this one's jumped out at me. Um, I uh, bet this and released it earlier in the week. Uh, this is one of them. I just looked at the opening lines. Uh, I saw Detroit two and a half, uh, pretty much everywhere, and then I bet it, and then it started moving pretty quickly towards three, and then I released it when there were still some two and a halves at uh, minus one ten, but I released it at two and a half minus one twenty because I was available pretty much everywhere. And uh, I just thought anything under three is a huge bargain, and I'd still bet it at three. Uh, the one, the one thing I don't like about it is Pete Carroll's been pretty good off a of bye historically, and Seattle is a team that I think uh, when they have extra time to prepare and extra time to rest, it is a little bit worrisome. But overall, like I mentioned earlier, and you mentioned uh, last week, I was pretty much betting against the Dolphins, but Detroit actually impressed me quite a bit with how efficient their offense was and how their defense played pretty well for the most part. So I just think Detroit's a better, I'm not really high on either of these teams, big picture overall, but I'd say Detroit's a like slightly above average team and Seattle's a slightly below average team. So I think when you're talking about laying three at home, 
Uh, I, I think with a better team, that's definitely the way to look. Uh, they're both 3-3, three and three, so it's not like there's any motivation for must-win or anything like that. Um, and I'd really, really like the game if Seattle wasn't coming off the bye. But that kind of hinders my excitement a tad bit to the point where uh, I won't won't bet more than a single unit play on it, but I uh, think that's the way to look. Next game we have is Tampa heading to Cincy. Looks like Cincy is a four and a half home favorite with a total of 54. Yeah, my power rating here is Cincy minus four. Westgate open, Cincy five and a half. Look at line, Cincy minus five. And the total here open 53 and a half. A little bit of upward movement on that total. I think that's probably the right side. I just feel like since he's going to have a little bit of a bounce back effort here on offense, they just look pretty pretty anemic after a bad performance against Kansas City defense. That's, like we mentioned, one of the worst in the league. Um, but they, uh, they get another try here, another another go at it from another bad defense in Tampa Bay. Uh, see if they can put any points up. And you know, you'd sure think they can get something going here on offense. But unless we're seeing that, you know, this typical Cincy, Dalty, Marvin Lewis slide here late in the season uh, going into the playoffs or trying to make a playoff run or if they do make the playoffs in typical Cincy fashion. I mean, I won't be surprised by that either. I kind of mentioned that a few weeks ago. I kind of saw that coming. We've kind of been starting to see that a little bit here, but I feel like this is the game that they got to figure it out and get right. Um, with that being said, I, I, I did like a little bit of Tampa at plus six, but now you're kind of not a huge difference. Uh, six is a key, decently key number, but not a huge move necessarily, but still down to four, four and a half, five. So, I mean, a uh, little bit of an adjustment, a little bit of money coming on Tampa. So, I agree with that. I feel like this is where the number should be. My power rating uh, lines with that. And I feel like Cincy won this game. But I feel like, like I said, the point spread's kind of adjusted and hammered where it should be into place. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, this just does kind of feel like where it should be. Um, just who really knows what to make of Cincy at this point. Uh, I thought come into the year they were a little undervalued. Then they started the last few weeks. I think they started to kind of get a little bit more respect, and uh, they just haven't haven't really shown up to play the last couple of weeks. Uh, even though they were close there late with Pittsburgh, it still wasn't a super impressive performance a couple of weeks ago. And then last week, you just get them blown off the field there by the Chiefs. And then even the week before that, three weeks ago against the Dolphins, they ended up winning by ten. But as you well know, that was a pretty fraudulent cover. So. They really haven't been playing that good of uh, football here for, for the better part of a month now. And, uh, you know, you'd think this is a bounce back off prime time, pretty good spot, uh, you know, feast on a inferior opponent in Tampa Bay, who, even though they won last week, really, really, really wasn't that impressive either. And, uh, you know, like I said, Winston couldn't look much worse. And it's hard to imagine that really changing here much. Um, but well, at the Tampa same time, Cleveland just, game, it's like, uh, did both coaches want to lose that game? Are they already trying for picks? Or I don't understand. I mean, it's just pretty, pretty ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I did kind of see him hit a little tanky feel to it. That's for sure. Um, as I don't know, like, it just seems like a real good spot for Cincinnati coming off that embarrassment on prime time. And over the years, you know, these are the type of games that Dalton and Marvin Lewis pad their stats with and pad their records with. So, I mean, that being said, at four and a half with what probably is a pretty significantly better team. You know, maybe that's a little cheap and the the Bengals are worth a shot here if you can just kind of hold your nose after the last couple weeks. Um, you know, I don't know, because how much were they laying against the Dolphins there three weeks ago? Do you remember? Uh, top what was it? I got on my release play here. Um, yeah, six. That's what I thought. Plus six if I release it out. I think it closed right around there. So I think we'd both, that was with Tannehill too, so I think we'd both 
admit pretty readily that Tannehill-led Dolphins team is absolutely better than this Tampa team. And now you're laying a point and a half less, which I'd realize is a reaction to the last couple of weeks for Cincy. But, uh, you know, historically that last week is a spot where they've just been horrific. So maybe you kind of give them a pass for that. And then now you look bet on them here to come back. So I think if anything, that's the way I would look would be to, to kind of hold your nose and bet Cincy and, and uh, hope that Winston makes a couple mistakes, which is, I think is a fairly good bet and, and go from there. But I'm never a huge fan or, you know, I'm never going to get too, uh, aggressive with lane favorites, that's for sure. But I think, you know, since he might be worthy of a small bet here. Uh, the last early game is kind of an interesting one. You got Baltimore heading to Carolina. It's like Baltimore's a one and a half, two point favorite on the road with a total of 43 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here is a pick 'em. Westgate open Baltimore minus one. Look at line here, pick 'em. And the total open 43. Um, yeah, this, this game here, I just, uh, kind of waiting around. Um, Hoping I can get a three. I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, it potentially could, but I like uh, I like the Carolina side here. Uh, I just don't really see how this line. I don't I don't see how Baltimore's favorite. I, I think I don't know if necessarily Carolina should be a big favorite, but I feel like that should be like my power range suggests to pick them or even Carolina a slight favorite in my opinion. I just don't. Uh, I think this Baltimore respect is kind of getting uh, getting a little blown out of the water. I mean, you look at just I mean just the adjustment here. I mean, you look at the look at line to pick them. Baltimore goes in and loses its favorites, uh, short home favorites. And loses outright to a New Orleans team, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I get it's New Orleans, but the bottom line is they're favored by two and a half, and they go in and lose outright at home, and uh, and they made that charge at the end, like you said, but I mean that's the uh, you don't really see that a whole lot from Flacco type of deal either, so I don't really think that was too uh, you know high percentage thing that he's going to come down and score like that like he did, and then you look likewise you look at Carolina, they come and beat a team outright on the road. In Philadelphia, the obviously the, the Super Bowl uh, winners, and they are getting what four and a half, five points at home uh, on the road. I mean, uh, Philadelphia's at home, so I mean, and then yet the money's going in on Baltimore. So I mean, yeah, I get that the way the game played out. Uh, Carolina, like I said, was kind of just getting blown out of that game for three quarters, and then it kind of came back. So I get that. There's a little, this little deceiving the final score, but they did the same thing against Washington the week before. So I mean, I, I do take that into consideration with the handicap, but like I said, I feel like Baltimore's getting a little bit overvalued here. I really don't see uh, agree with the line movement at all here. Uh, a little bit going towards Baltimore, so I'm mean, I'm gonna kind of wait around and see if I can get a three, just because uh, it kind of makes sense. Even if I get a little bit worse money, uh, worse number, because I feel like at some point Carolina buyback's gonna be coming. But even if I have to take uh, you know low money line or something, a, a small plus uh, plus underdog, then I'll take the Carolina. But I'm gonna like I said, wait around for a three because I see a little bit some sharper sharper shops like uh, Chris o offshore. That's already at two and a half, so I won't be surprised if it did get to three. Uh, but if it does, I'll immediately grab a three here at Carolina at home. Yeah, I just don't really know what to make of either of these teams. Uh, just off strict gut reaction, I think Baltimore is probably slightly better, but I don't really have any interest in laying two with them. Like that just doesn't seem right either. I don't think they're five points better than Carolina. So I think you, just the, strictly based on the number, I think you are getting some line value with Carolina, but at the same time, like you know, the difference between getting one and a half or I mean laying one and a half or getting two yeah it's I know it's substantial and you know whatever just on based on like the money line and your sense of value and stuff but how often is that actually going to come into play I don't know if it's enough to overcome what uh you know how much better I think Baltimore's in Carolina even though I don't think it's super substantial so 
I agree. I think the line value is on Carolina. I'd want to bet Baltimore, but the way the line is right now, there's no way I could possibly do that. It just when we look at both these teams, neither of their resumes is really impressive at all. Uh, you know, you got Baltimore, their best teams they've played, where they beat the Steelers on that Sunday night game. It was kind of strange, and then they lost to the Bengals on that Thursday night, and then that game against the Saints last week was just kind of goofy. And then on the flip side, Carolina. You know, that Eagles win last week was kind of weird, and then they beat the Bengals by 10 at home in week three. And that's really the only two teams that are decent that they've played. So I think it's both these teams are kind of um, wild cards here. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't be surprised at the end of the year if they were easily in the playoffs or if they ended up 7-9. and nine. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised either way. So not really sure what to make of them. Um, my gut says go Baltimore, but the line value definitely says go Carolina. So I will almost for sure be staying away from this one. Unless, like you said, if this does get up to Baltimore 3, I think it's just an auto fire on Carolina just from a sheer value standpoint. Because I think that 3 is obviously so huge that we've talked about over and over again. Uh, On to the late games. Looks like we got three of them. Uh, two of them are about as bad as they get. And then you have one that could be decent. Uh, but the first game is Indianapolis heading to Oakland. Looks like Indy's a three-point road favor with a total of 49.5.50. Um, yeah, let's see. My power rating here, Indy minus 2.5. Westgate opened Indy minus 1.5. Look at line, Oakland 1.5. And, and the total here opened 50.5. Yeah, boy, I uh, missed the boat here on this one. I uh, wanted to bet Indy anything at less than three, and then by the time I landed Monday night, I saw that the whole marketplace is up to three across the board. Uh, I mean, yeah, no no value left for me. Uh, just You can't really lay it. Can't lay a field goal here with Indy and the way they're banged up and with so few options that Luck has. Uh, can't really lay three for me on the road. I feel like all that value has been sucked out of there uh, myself. But, I mean, Oakland's a team I want to fade right now. They've sold another piece away, another wide receiver they got rid of for a first-round draft pick, uh, I think, on Monday that was, or it was Tuesday yesterday. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Monday because I think that's part of what facilitated the line move. Oh, uh, okay. Which, if that's the case, and that's obviously absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. But Exactly. Um, uh, Amari yeah, Cooper, he's definitely not worth uh, maybe, maybe a half point. Uh, I don't even think that, but um, huge move there. So, I mean, yeah, one and a half to three with some juice now on Indy. That's uh, you know, a pretty big line move. Uh, one of the bigger ones you'll see uh, in, in the season without a uh, key injury or anything like that that gets, gets announced or weather-related. So, um, weather's more for a total. But anyway, so, yeah, I don't know. This uh, it seems like this I, – I don't know. I, I, it, the line value, obviously, is going to be pointing in the direction of Oakland here. I feel like that's where the value would lie, but I just don't know if I can pull the trigger with this Oakland team. So, uh, But at this point, I really can't make a case for Indy on the road, laying this many, this many points. So the, for me, it's either Oakland or pass, but I just don't. I just can't get to the window here with Oakland. Yeah, I sat there when these numbers were released and I was looking at Indy one, minus one and a half for a good five minutes. And I'm like, yeah, it just seems like you know they're probably going to win the game. And then I'm like, oh, they just got so many injuries. The receivers are terrible. Vinatieri's, you know, kind of injured with, as a kicker. Who knows if he's going to play or not? I'm like, it's just one of those things where, you know, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me at all if it was a weird game that Oakland ended up pulling off. And I didn't pull the trigger. And then, of course, the Cooper news lands not too much longer after that. And then, you know, whether it be from that or just in general, then the line moved up. And the next time I saw it was all the way up to three. And I'm like, boy, I wish I had that one and a half in my pocket. but. Uh, yeah, now I think it just kind of missed the boat. Um, don't definitely don't trust Indy nearly enough to lay three. 
where you're just going to push if they win by a field goal on the road here. And Mid Oakland for me is a pretty much a one-way proposition at this point. I uh, kind of held my nose and bet uh, Oakland against the Chargers there a couple weeks ago when I thought the line was a little too high and they no-showed that game, and then they no-showed again in London. So now coming off the bye, uh, who knows if there's going to be any fight left in this Oakland team or if they're pretty much just packing it up and trying to get a pick and playing for next year again since Gruden's got plenty of security. He's one of the rare cases in the NFL where he really can kind of take more of a long-term approach and doesn't really have to try to win necessarily this week or this year. So um, I don't know. I, I lean a little bit towards the over here because, like we've said over and over again, Indy's a dead nuts over team. But with their receiver injuries, you know, Hilton being back last week I thought was pretty huge for them, and they put up 37 themselves even though the game couldn't get over. So uh, I feel like if they could get a, a dancing partner here in a little over competition and maybe they could bring Oakland up to them, uh, I think this game could get over here. Uh, maybe hoping to mirror that Oakland-Cleveland game from a few weeks ago, where it's 45-42. I think that type of potential is in this game. So I think I would definitely lean towards the over, but uh, I don't absolutely love it, so I don't know if I'll end up playing that or not. Uh, next game we have another rematch, San Francisco heading to Arizona. That uh, looks like it's about a pick em. That's at the total of 43. Yeah, the one you've been waiting for all week, right? <laughs> yeah, can't wait. Um, yeah, power rating here, pick them. Westgate open, pick them. Look at line here, Arizona minus two. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not that good of a handicapper, but I'm not going to have much of an opinion on this game. I just don't really know how you have any kind of certainty at all uh, about this. I don't know. I Actually, I heard the he's coming back to announce this game since nobody else wants to. He looks like Jerry Rice out there. Hey, Berman? <laughs> no. Into the, the John Madden bite I just had uh, played there, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you make anything of this this game by myself. So I don't. I really don't. I don't even have a lean really. Um, I, I guess just <laughs> wherever the market moves, maybe just take the points. <laughs> uh, I guess, but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not done this game. Don't need to belabor it anymore. I feel like this is a, a game I'm not going to be betting. And, and uh, unfortunately, it'll be one of the three games we have to, to sit through. And the other one's going to be an Indy Oakland game that I have no interest in. So we're going to get well one maybe decent game, maybe like I said, uh, big if uh, the next game. Yeah, I kind of like the Cardinals in this game. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, you know, fresh off the blowout on Thursday night. Now they got a <laughs> hey, that's time a to good prepare. one. <laughs> and uh, obviously San Francisco had got blown out against a much better opponent. So when you're trying to, you know, rank blowouts in terms of which one was worse, definitely say Arizona was worse. But that being said, um, was it Rosen's first start? Or no, it was, maybe it was his second start when they played him earlier. Uh, what was that? So that was after... Like he came into the game at the end, right? Yeah, oh, and then he played... Um, when did they play the Niners? Two weeks. Oh, yeah, so then they played Seattle um, at home, a full game, because he came in at the end of the Bears game. So never mind, it wasn't his first start, it was his second start. But um, So earlier in the year, the Cardinals won 28-18, which obviously you can't just say, oh, it's going to repeat itself. And a lot of times you'll get the team that lost is extra motivated to split the series, but... Um, you know, if anything, Arizona should be better with Rosen having a little bit more experience. And it just feels like the Niners are kind of getting to that territory where they're so banged up and their record's bad enough where they might just be kind of quitting on the season too, even though they're both one and six. Um, that feels like with Beathard Arizona's got a lot to play for, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Well, with, you know, with Bethard in there, Beathard, or whatever you pronounce his name, 
Uh, I think he knows he has no real shot to take over for Garoppolo. So, you know, you can say at one token of the coin, he's going to be extra motivated to get some good, get some good tape out there and, uh, you know, make himself attractive to teams. But I also think that the people around him kind of know, like, okay, this is, we're just playing on the string here and we have no chance of this year. This isn't really helping for the future. Whereas at least on the other side of the coin, uh, you know, Rosen's trying to get some reps and, and, uh, you know, he's going to be the future. So I think there's a little bit more hope, even though it's not for this year, which might be playing a little bit too, too, you know, delving too deep in the psychology of the players. But, um, I don't know how to, I know that Arizona's home field might not be super big with how you know poor of a game this is going to be, but is, there, is San Francisco really a three-point better team than the Cardinals right now, I, or even two and a half or whatever you give the home field? Like that doesn't seem right. I'd say these teams are pretty even, um, and Arizona historically has had a pretty decent home field. So <laughs> if they have any kind of home field advantage, uh, I think you definitely are getting a little bit of value here with Arizona. Uh, definitely won't be a huge bet because they don't totally trust Arizona head coach. I don't totally trust Rosen. Uh, I don't really trust anything. <laughs> the back, I don't know, the back door, the, the pick. But yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't really trust anything. But like I said, I do think if you bet this, if you were in lane any juice and you could bet this game, I think Arizona would win more than 50% of the time. Whether that's enough to overcome the juice and they're going to win 52.5% or more, I'm not really sure. But I, I lean to Arizona in this game, and if I hear a couple compelling cases from people I respect over the course of the week, I might end up getting there and actually betting them. That's uh, a good pick. <laughs> Thanks there, Scooch. Not Scoo- uh, that's not Scooch, that's John Murray. Westgate. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it sounds just like Scooch for some reason. And this one? That's uh, a good pick. No. All right, well, maybe my ears aren't as... Uh, not quite as in tune, tune as they once were. <laughs> yeah. Get old right, there, Frankie. Frankie. Last uh, afternoon game we have here is uh, Green Bay heading to the Rams. Looks like the Rams are nine, nine and a half point home favors, the total of 56, 56 and a half. Yeah, I'll make this one short. Um, I guess I'll give you my numbers here quick. I just kind of want to get done with this game, but no, no I'm kidding. Uh, Rams minus nine and a half power rating. Westgate opened here. Rams eight and a half in the look head line. Rams eight and a half as well. And the total here opened 57. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'll make this one quick. I feel like uh, we uh, we get it. Rams are probably the best team in the league. They're uh, you know pretty dominant and all that stuff. I, I get that. Green Bay is a little banged up. Rodgers a little banged up. But I mean, this is uh, the one key point. This is the most points that Rodgers ever gotten ever in an NFL game. So I mean, that's I think that's a pretty key point to, to note. And then I don't know. Does it get to ten? I mean, if it gets to ten, I'm gonna have to take it out of principle for sure. But it's uh, I think there's. I think I don't even know if there's necessarily value at, at this number eight and a half nine at, on Green Bay. I feel like it's it's kind of warranted, like my numbers would suggest. But I feel like at ten, it's gonna it's gotta be an auto buy and uh, take Rodgers in the points and just hope you can uh, hope you can hang on or nothing else. You can uh, you know maybe uh, get something else going like a. Back door will be open. This game, I think, uh, wide wide open. So that's uh, that's right. Look at here is the Green Bay side. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree. Uh, won't be one of my strongest bets of the, the week or the year by any means, but you have a, a team that I don't think is quality. Like, I've been pretty anti-Green Bay for most of the year, and I do think their defense is pretty suspect. Never been a huge McCarthy fan, but that being said, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see a game somewhat similar to when the Vikings went into to the Rams there, and they kind of got a shootout and lost by seven. Like, I'd say that's a pretty likely game script for this one. Uh, you know, if if the Rams get out there and score early, um, 
I don't think there's anybody you'd rather have trying to bring him back than than Rodgers. And I, you know, if if the Green Bay gets up um, gets up early and the Rams come back and score, even if they give up another score, you know, late you're I mean, you're talking about nine, nine and a half, or yeah, even if it gives up to ten, um, you're, I mean that's pretty sizable amount of points. So you can you can have a couple things go wrong and still end up, you know, like you said, either coming through the back door or, or just losing the game. I mean, you have to lose pretty convincingly to lose by double digits. So if the Green Bay offense has any punch in it at all, uh, I don't think you should have a whole lot of trouble uh, covering this game. Like <clears throat> I've kind of made a case. Sure. I've kind of made the case here multiple weeks that the Rams are a team that's hard to bet against because even as a favorite, they're going to be, uh, you know, putting their foot on the throat and their their gas, you know, whatever foot on the pedal and and uh, boot on the throat there. So it's a little bit nerve wracking betting against them. But that being said, I also think they're a team that pretty much has one gear. So like last week against the Niners, they blew them out by 29. But they had Goff was in that game. I don't remember how late, but pretty pretty late. They had Goff and Gurley in that game still. So. It looks really impressive, but it's also, I don't think they have, like, it's like, oh, now they're playing a good team, so they're going to step it up another notch. Uh, I think you're kind of getting the best effort from them all the time. So um, I'm, I'm inclined to bet against them in spots like this where you're getting not a quality, quality team, but at least a quality offense uh, that should be at least able to, I think, somewhat keep it close. So I like Green Bay in this one a uh, decent amount. Sunday night game. Can't wait for this one. Should be super fun as a Vikes fan. Uh, the rematch of the Minneapolis Miracle. You got New Orleans heading to Minnesota. Looks like it's a pick, or Minnesota's a one-point favorite, the total of 52.5. Yeah, my power rating here, Minnesota minus two. Westgate open, Minnesota two and a half. Look headline, Minnesota three, even money. And total here open 52.5. And, and like you said, I agree. This game, uh, I'm pretty excited. Woo! Pretty excited. And uh, it... Uh, Boy, I don't know. It just should be a good game. Shouldn't be disappointing. Should be quite a bit of scoring. The offenses, uh, obviously, yeah, the totals a little bit higher as you'd expect. And uh, I, I, I think for me, I mean, kind of a homer take, I guess, uh, and I, from a from a certain perspective. But I think in reality, if uh, most of the time I have my handicap, I think of reasons to bet against Minnesota as opposed to betting on them. So usually, when I'm on the Minnesota side or look at it that way, it's usually for good reason. So, uh, like I said, you're a little bit of an adjustment and. Uh, the fact that this game got adjusted, like I said, you know, look headline was a three, even money on Minnesota, and then even open at two and a half. Now you see Minnesota underdog at some spots. Uh, you can get uh, plus one or a little bit of uh, reduced juice on the on the money line. So, I mean, I feel like Minnesota's got to be the play here if you look anyway. I, I don't know if I'll get there just for the fact that I don't think it's a, I don't think it's off by a ton necessarily but i feel like uh, you got to bet minnesota i'll probably have a bet on minnesota but i don't know if i'll necessarily get to the to the window and re- or not should say not to the window but release it as a play on roadsports.com so uh i feel like minnesota you got to look here I, I just feel like new orleans you're kind of buying it about as high as you possibly can after looking really impressive there going into baltimore and uh and, and taking care of business there so i feel like it's a little bit of a mo- different monster for new orleans like you said a rematch there from that playoff game and uh and i know they want revenge but obviously minnesota needs a, needs a game here too so I don't put uh, a ton of stock into that, and uh, we'll see what happens. I feel like Minnesota dominated uh, New Orleans that first half of that playoff game last year, and then they kind of got dominated the second half. So I think uh, it'll be a good game, and like I said, I feel like a little bit of value on Minnesota here, especially with that strong home field advantage, if anything. And if you look back to week one last year when they had Bradford quarterback, who is, I think, more closely, when he's playing good, more closely uh, tuned to Kirk Cousins' skill level, they absolutely blew him out. 
which I know New Orleans was a better team towards the end of the year, but uh, I don't think Keenum was necessarily, I don't want to say capable, because he was playing really good last year for the most part, but if Cousins gets going, I think this is a secondary you could dice up here fairly well. I'm not saying that he's going to, but I think he definitely has more of the ability to if uh, the game breaks that way. Uh, with New Orleans, I think they're a good team, but like they've won five in a row and they're getting a ton of buzzes. You know, one of the best, probably the best team in the NFC outside of the, the Rams by most people. But when you look at who they beat, they really haven't beat anybody. Uh, I mean, the Ram- or the Ravens last week was a pretty pretty solid win. But like we said, that was a decently a, a coin flip pretty much either way. And other than that, I guess the Redskins at home in prime time was fairly impressive because they blew them out. Then you had the Giants, Falcons, Browns. They lost to the Bucks at home. Like, that's a pretty pretty anemic schedule for the most part uh, outside of last week against the Ravens. So, um, I mean, it, it's not, <clears throat> not your typical breeze outdoors like it was last week on the road. So at least he's in a dome where... I don't think you downgrade the New Orleans quite as much for being on the road as you would if they were outside on grass. But that being said, um, the Vikes have a lot of injuries, which is a little bit of a negative. But I, just, I don't understand how New Orleans is a three or three and a half point better team than the Vikes. Because I know a lot of people say that the Vikes uh, home field is up there, not at the very top, but in the top five or so home fields where it's worth at least three, sometimes three and a half. So the fact that New Orleans is a pick here in a lot of places just uh, – I don't know if it's disrespectful to the Vikings or if it's just overvaluing the Saints, but either way, it seems a little bit off to me. And it uh, looks like Linval is going to be back for the Vikes, and Everson came back to team activities yesterday, so I don't know if he'll be playing this week or not. But, uh, I, I mean, it depends a little bit on Xavier Rhodes and Barr's health because I don't think we've heard up, had updates on them yet. But assuming they can all give it a go – uh, I just think I think you're getting quite a bit of value here on the Vikes, and like you said, I'm not sitting there at a homer that's going to make a case for him every single week. But uh, I just think this is more of a bet against New Orleans than anything, and uh, a little bit of a phony five-game win streak. Yeah, I forgot to mention that injury list. That's that's definitely pretty concerning for a Vikings backer here, and that's a little bit warranted with that adjustment too. So I, I forgot to mention that. That's definitely very valid, and that's a little bit the other reason it keeps me off the game, betting it pretty big. Yeah, like, you know, Cook's going to be out again, but he's been gone for a while, and I think the combo of Murray and Boone and Rock Thomas, not I think they're not quite equal to Cook, but they're not far off from what he brings, the combo of those three. Like, Boone looked explosive last week, a few times he touched the ball, and Murray's not anything special, but at least he's, you know, somewhat consistent and will take advantage of plays when they're there for him. Um, but, yeah, defense, like if Xavier can't go, along with Hughes being out for the year. The cluster injuries is where you could really get in trouble. So that, that would be a little bit concerning if they have cluster injuries at cornerback going up against Breeze uh, in, indoors. That that wouldn't be good. So that's something to monitor as the week goes on. But uh, I think regardless, uh, it's it's worthy of a look towards the Minnesota side. Finally, the Monday night game. Because it doesn't get much more uh, less interesting than this. Uh, New England heading to Buffalo. Looks like New England's a 14-point road favorite, a total of 44.5. Yeah, I hear you there. Power rating here, New England minus 12. Westgate open, New England 13. Look headline, New England 10. Total here open, 44.5. And, yeah, I'm not surprised at all so where this number's going. Jumped right to 14 uh, really quickly here. I don't know who's going to be quarterbacking for Buffalo. I don't think it really matters. That's obviously the markets aren't telling you that. 
they really care. Uh, have, obviously, having a total up right away, just like any other game, as well as a spread. So that goes to show you how much they uh, think the quarterback matters there in Buffalo. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a Buffalo or pass. It's kind of kind of sound repetitive here, but uh, not be laying two touchdowns with this Brady. New England team on the road, that's for sure, especially, I don't know if I know the stats on Gronk here, let me take a look, but um, it looks like he's questionable, so I'm not, I guess we're not even sure if he's going to be playing, but um, yeah, I mean, basically, do you want to bite the bullet and take Buffalo? I mean, if, if so, I don't, I don't really want to watch the game, I'll just kind of look at the end, end of the score, be the, the easiest way to approach it, uh, not to go through the pain and suffering, but uh, yeah, Buffalo or pass for me, but uh, another another one, it's, you know, that's that's where the value is going to be, is just do you want to, you want to take it or not? Yeah, I'll just... It'd just be a game I have on in the background, but no, no interest from a betting perspective. Uh, I don't want to back Cleveland. Or, I mean, whatever, a little Freudian slip. They don't want to back Buffalo at all, but I also have zero interest in laying 14 on the road with an NFL team. So, easy pass for me. And that'll wrap up the week. Uh, now, let's, uh, let's finish her off and give our picks of the week. The AS Pick of the Week. All right, so I got mine home last week. Uh, do you have the records offhand or no? Yeah, give me a second. Looks All like right. you are four and two on the season, and I'm uh, dropped down to a pitiful o five and one. All right, so four and two and o five and one. Still looking for that first win. <laughs> well, maybe it's coming this week. Uh, all right. Uh, so yeah, last week I had Detroit against Miami, lane three, and that pretty much never in doubter. Um. This week, it's like, I, I, I don't know, I've, I might have kind of come back to it, but it's like I really don't want to bet an away team that I don't really trust or like that much on Thursday night. Uh, the Detroit numbers move from where I released that at, so that's kind of difficult. Don't totally trust the Cincy team. There's, like It's amazing how, for the cards from week to week, like last week, I, liked, I think I released six games, and I liked even more than that, whereas this week... I think you're pretty much talking yourself into just about anything here for the, that I see. Um, that being said, I th- I'm real tempted to go with the Jets, but I just don't totally trust that. So I think for my pick of the week, I'm uh, going to homer it up here and take the Vikes at home. Uh, I think there's plenty out there, right? There's what now? Plenty of what? There's plenty of picks, or do you think minus one? Uh, yeah, no, there's, there's enough picks available, yeah. Picks, yeah, picks so I'll do the... I'll do the Vikings as a pick at home on Sunday night against New Orleans. Where uh, where are you headed? Oh boy, um, yeah, I was kind of thinking that, but uh, I don't think I can really pull the trigger. Uh, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna wait around for the number, but I'm just gonna take uh, I'll take Carolina at home. I feel like that's my uh, one of my stronger plays. But the problem is, every time I take a pick of the week, it just basically uh, <laughs> crucifies my anything I release because it's just immediate loser. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I said, so are you going to take it at the two right now or are you going to wait to just do it at post blindly? Um, that's a good question. No, I'll, I'll just do it at, uh, I feel like there's, I don't feel like I'm going to get any worse line value, but at the same time, I'll just, I'll just do it, uh, take what it is now. Um, right. I'll take Carolina. What do you have? Plus two, probably pretty widely available. All right. Sounds good. So I got the Vikes to pick and you got Carolina plus two for our picks of the week this week. Any concluding thoughts here for the Week 8 pod? No. Like I said, busy week here. I'm going to have to get going here and get moving, uh, finish my night out, and then just get my golf tournament. I've got a little banged-up knee here. It's been pretty tough to walk, but I'm going to have to try to bang it out uh, with my tournament, this golf tournament this weekend. So hopefully I can at least uh, get something going and maybe get a few drinks down to numb the pain. As I say, you got to stay off them. 
Yeah, it uh, gets better every time you say it there, Frankie. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that, I think that'll help a little. Uh, not only is it aiming fluid, but numbing fluid, which may do the trick for you. Yeah, so, gotta go low. That, uh, yeah, I think that'll do it for this week. So have fun at the hockey game tonight. Good luck in the golf tournament this weekend. And uh, best of luck to everybody on their bets for week eight. And hopefully it's another good weekend of football. And we'll be back next week to uh, recap it. Look ahead to week nine. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.